We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Connection. It's so great to be here. My name is Ann Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media, along with another CEO. Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, good morning and welcome to our show. Here we are again. Time flies, doesn't it, man? It does. It does. The show's getting uh, great reaction. We're getting a lot of comments from all of you that get up at this hour and listen to us, and we appreciate it, so thank you for that. And we've also had an increasingly number of emails that have come through to the connection about people uh, seeking out treatment and help for themselves and loved ones. So that's great. Keep those emails coming. Well, and that's what we do this for, right? Is right. we, you know, in my case, I started doing the show a while back saying I want to put a face and a voice on recovery. And now we're putting a, a face and a voice on all of the different services that the connection offers. So, so it's great. And we're going to continue that conversation today because I just recently saw a press release come across my desk and let me read the headline and then you can start the conversation. Absolutely. Lisa. Middletown to receive 450,000 multi-year grant to support single parent families in Middletown. Right. Take it, take it from there, baby. Take it away. Yes. Uh, so it was over a, way over a year ago, one of my staff, Dawn Parker, who uh, works in our fund development, uh, she and I were talking and she said, you know, there's this really cool initiative that I heard about that I you know, want to tell you about called the Working Cities Challenge. And she brought it to me. And long story short, we went on this journey. I was, I was in only the very beginning of this journey. And then I stepped off of that. And my staff, Charlie and Michelle and Ed from the United Way and others from the Middlesex community, probably 30 partners or something total, came together to work on this project. Um, came down from the Federal Bank of Boston, and I'm going to have Charlie give you all the ins and outs with Ed. Ed Bonilla, Bonilla is joining us today from uh, Middlesex United Way. Yes, and we've got Charles Barber in the studio. He's the director of uh, research, the Research Institute at The Connection, and his uh, most notable job, and how it applies to this conversation, is that he's also a grant writer, and apparently Correct. a pretty good one, because this thing happened. So let's start with you, Charlie. What goes into, you know, Lisa kind of said, hey, I, you saw this as a CEO and you said, I want to do this. I want to go for it. So tell us, Charlie, about what goes into writing a grant. This was not a typical grant. So um, it, it was really quite a different process. This was really a community partnership with 30 partners across the community so the first step was building consensus on what we were going to do but before i go to that let me just talk about the opportunity which was very unusual in itself so it's um very unusual the funder is the federal reserve bank of boston which is like the new england bank of the federal reserve 
and they decided because they're community minded about four years ago they wanted to target kind of post-industrial new england cities where the kind of old industrial base had fallen out and um, they did two rounds in massachusetts one round in rhode island and they came to connecticut last year they decided there were 16 cities, New Britain being one of them, Hartford, Waterbury, New London, Norwich, Middletown. You probably can figure out the, the yeah, others. Mm -hmm. New uh, Britain. <laughs> right? That needed, yeah, yeah. that were um, qualified in terms of demographics for economic redevelopment. And so 16 cities applied. And then a year ago, which was when um, Lisa came to us with the opportunity, we applied, Ed and I, and the consortium applied f to design an economic uh, intervention in Middletown. And we got that first round, which brought it down to 10. And then a month ago, we were awarded, along with Hartford, East Hartford, Danbury, and Waterbury, the final real grant, which is, as you say, about half a million dollars. And what we decided on as a group which was, to answer your first question, took a lot of time to get 30 people, 30 organizations to buy into it, is what were, what were we going to target? And we, through data, we saw that there was a particular issue of poverty among single parents in Middletown. So I grew up in Middletown. I live in Middletown. I was shocked. About 40% of the families in Middletown are single parents, and about a third of them live below the poverty line. So where does Ed Benia from United Way come into this? Uh, where I come in is at the beginning when this grant opportunity was put out there. We had a bunch of different organizations talking about it, and the uh, Federal Reserve Bank really wanted only one application per city. They didn't want multiple applications. And so I was part of some initial phone calls with different folks trying to, trying to pull these different groups together into one group so that we can all talk about it at the same time. And that's where the city of Middletown, uh, Mayor Dan Drew, was instrumental because the conversation included him. So he became kind of the unifying voice to bring all these different groups together and had some initial meetings. Um, and the actual meetings were held over at the Connection. Uh, again, Connection has been instrumental in offering space, resources, support. I mean, valuable staff time. Charlie, uh, Michelle, who I've gotten to know, worked with Charlie on the grant. Um, and, you know, Dawn, as, as Lisa mentioned, Dawn. So we got together, and as Charlie said, this was a huge process in the beginning, getting people together. Um, and we were part of those discussions. I was part of some of those initial discussions. And the mayor, while very supportive of this effort, he, he didn't feel like the city should be one of the leads or co-leads or fiduciary. So we came forward with, um, with Lisa and the connection. We both volunteered to be the co-leads um, and with us as the fiduciary. So that was our official role at that point. Um, because as a United Way, we are, uh, you know, an outward-facing organization. We have a lot of ties to the community, to not only the nonprofit sector, but to the businesses, business community, and others. Um, so, you know, again, along with the connection, we went to the mayor and we said, you know, we'd like to take on this role, and then that was our formal uh, role from the beginning. Yeah, wow, Ed, I remember that. Ed and I met with Andrew, I think, a couple of times in the very beginning stages of this process. He is such a great mayor. I got to say, you know, Mayor Drew always been a big supporter of the connection, but more importantly, he looks at the big picture. And Middletown Works, it says, so this is a multi-year initiative, right? Because you just talked about the problem. 
and that is the percentage of single parent families under the poverty level in Middletown. So you can't fix that in a year. Right. So it says here, you know, you're going to address the causes that hinder the progress, right? So talk about what your guys' plans are for, let's say, year one. What do you do with, you know, nearly a half a million dollars? And that may sound like a lot, but when you've got that many people involved at that level, that's not a lot of money to fix a pretty big problem. So it's got it's got to be an ongoing process. Well, it's a system. It, the, I think the beauty of this project is it's really it's a systems change, right, Charlie? Right. And um, just to be concrete, the goal of the grant, and we'll be measuring this as we go along and reporting back to the Federal Reserve, is to bring that poverty rate from thirty-five percent to twenty percent in ten years. And so the, the nexus of the grant is to connect single parents in Middletown to what is a very big part of the, uh, the Middletown economy, manufacturing, kind of high-end, high-tech manufacturing, logistics. There's a new FedEx plant opening in Middletown that's going to be hiring 500 people in about nine months. It's a $270 million construction project. Wow. Um, uh, STEM careers and healthcare, and so really, it's a connecting grant. It's to connect and educate and train single parents currently in that situation to the vibrant part of the Middletown economy. And what was really unusual for us as a social service agency was really, really, truly connecting to the business community, because as you know, nonprofits tend to be, uh, you know, we all have our silos, and so we worked extremely closely. Um, with the uh, Middletown Chamber of Commerce, which is well known in New oh, yeah. England it's as a vital, right. and uh, and also with the Economic Development Director of the City of Middletown to really concretely figure out what those pathways are to connect our population to these good, sustaining jobs. So, Ed, let's let's talk to you a little bit about what your hopes and dreams are for this, and, and what were will the role be of United Way moving forward um, throughout the course of this. Well, again, as, uh, as the fiduciary, when the co-leads, I mean, kind of being part of that backbone, along with the connection to, to kind of ensure the structure to keep this rolling along. I mean, this is going to, uh, as you said, the $450,000 spread out over three years is not a lot of money. And again, um, to, you know, to echo what Lisa and Charlie said, it's about systems and connecting people and, and networks. Um, so, you know, one of the exciting things for me is, is the engagement with the, tar with the community and, oh, yeah. you know, what our target population great. is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in social services, you know, a, a lot of folks, a lot of programs work with a lot of different populations, but we're always not listening to them. We're always not listening to what their needs are, not only their needs, but what their thoughts are about the system, about the programs, about services. Um, so this effort is allowing us and, and will continue to allow us to continue to find the voice of the target population and not only find the voice, but then, you know, part of it, as Charlie said, was connecting people to career pathways that, within, you know, within 10 years will lead them to, you know, uh, jobs that are self-sufficient and, and move them up the economic ladder, but also provide opportunities to connect them to the community and opportunities where they have some say in decisions that are being made. Um, that's where the real power comes in. So if they can sit in on committees and coalitions and boards, especially connected with government, and have a say in funding or policy or procedures, you know, that's a big systems piece. And for me, that's a very exciting piece because once you connect people and, you know, and they're passionate and they find ways to get involved, then that doesn't take money. That, True. That, that will continue on. 
so the money piece, you know, the systems approach really isn't about ongoing funding. If we're successful in influencing some of these systems in terms of their policies, procedures, and how they operate, that won't take money to sustain and keep going. That'll just become a way of business and a way of operating, which will keep in mind those folks who are struggling and who are in poverty. Good point. And, and keep them at the table. We need them at the table. I right. think yeah. that, that's the most powerful piece for so, me. And that's so, yeah, Ed, I think one thing that was really terrific during the process was really getting the consumer and the, the, the community involved into, you know, what are their barriers and what is it like to really try to find a good job and what are the what are the things that are lacking or missing correct to really have a job that pays the kind of money they need and what you know is it training you know what is it they talked about transportation they talked about barriers they talked about you know how where they're living and what they need to do to have a better form of income coming in so there was a, the work that went on was it was that you you and okay ed you and charlie are making this sound super easy it was, a, it was a wonderful process from what I saw. I was only involved in the beginning, you know, really the hands-on. But what I saw, this was the great thing that Ed said, was the compassion. Because everyone was passionate in this room of 30-plus, right, uh, organizations. But everyone there, every job, every organization represented, everyone wanted really the same thing. We're kind of serving the same community, but we all owned a different piece of it. It wasn't so territorial. It wasn't territorial. Right. It, you know, usually in these sort of, or, you know, often in these collaborations, somebody says, I want this, I want that. In fact, organizations gave up parts of it because they thought the whole was bigger than the parts. Wow. And what was really significant, and Ed was referring to this, is we, we had an executive committee that really just made the major decisions. At times, four of the ten members were women, happened to be women from this single-parent population. And they were instrumental in framing our what we were going to address. And they also brought a real urgency to the problem. So I remember one time uh, we were in a meeting and we were doing maybe a little bit of the processing. And you know, this was sponsored by the Fed. So they, there was a lot of training. We were in these lovely places. We were at Rentschler Field. We were at... Um, at you know corporate parks that that cor corporations that had you know lent their facilities right, for this, right. and this one woman on our group said you know you know there was like an OD in my neighborhood this morning when are we going to get busy you right. know, and then um, we also before we really got the target population involved. Middletown is known for its restaurants. There's 60 restaurants downtown. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, a lot of the poverty is in the North End, but I learned it's all over the city. It's not just in the North End, although that's what's often identified. Right. So when we were kind of drawing it up with the eggheads on a piece of paper, we were kind of saying, okay, let's connect that neighborhood to the restaurants. You know, that, that'll be a good economic intervention. Again, members of our target population spoke up very assertively and said, you can't work during the day at those jobs. The tips aren't any good. You got to work at night. Um, one of them shared that they what had. What do you do with the kids? What do you exactly? Right. What do you do with the kids? Yeah, think of all the. You can't come back at one in the morning. You got to get an Uber because yeah. it's rough. Right. And then one of them shared she has a history of domestic violence, and working in a kitchen is very triggering for her. Uh -huh. Then another woman said. I don't want to be in the service industry. I can do better than that. I want to do IT. Wow. And sure enough, 
through uh, kind of a pilot project for this, we linked uh, some one of our partners linked some of the women to an IT entrepreneur, and they designed a website that's up and running now. Wow, isn't that and great? And she is now working as a freelance web designer as we wow. speak. She's our first that's so success. Cool. That is great. And, and to that point, and that's where I really applaud your efforts because you have to have the feedback and the input from the people that you're planning this for. There's nothing more frustrating when you said the eggheads get into a room or into a corporate environment and think they've got all the answers. You've got to get, you got to hear from people. It's like anything else because you can make all these decisions and plans, but you don't think about what they think about sometimes. So that's fantastic. So, Ed, um, anything else you want to add to the conversation, and then we'll let you go. But, I mean, it really, it sounds like an exciting, you know, initiative. I look forward to seeing the results. I can tell you, though, 20 years ago when I was working in at Channel 30, and I remember when I got sent to Middletown, it was like, uh-oh, keep the doors locked. I mean, it was a scary place for me. And fast forward to today, to your point, the restaurants, the activity, the nightlife, it's really come to life. And I think this is only going to add to that. So is there anything else, Ed, you want to mention before we let you go? Um, you know, just again, echo some of the things that have been said already. But, you know, Middletown, you know, is, is known as, is, with a collaborative spirit. And, um, you know, one of the things um, that, you know, we learned with any city is that, you know, you do have you know, different cities. There's two different, like here we could say there's two different cities. You have this vibrant, economically vibrant community, but at the same time on the other end, you have this population that's not connected, that there's barriers to that. Mm -hmm. And so, and in Middletown, you don't see that as much on the street. I'm originally from New Haven, and I've worked in New Haven and Bridgeport where you can see that more. It's more visible, that disconnect and, the, and those struggles. But here in Middletown, you quite don't see that on the surface as much. Um, so, through this effort, and again, talking with folks to, to single moms who were part of the process, and we did, we did a few um, outreach focus groups with single moms, with, with different community groups to hear from them. And actually, I just got a call today. We have another one potentially scheduled for a couple of weeks. We Just from hearing from them, we, we see Middletown, again, a lot of resources, but how are we going to help these folks? And as Charlie said, in, in one person's you know, her her perspective was she didn't want people. She didn't want a handout. She wanted she wanted people to meet her halfway. She she said, I, I have the ability. I just need the opportunity. And I think what this grant does is, it's not just you know giving people a handout. It's providing those opportunities, providing people the supports that are available, but then allowing them to run with it. And and, and to answer, sorry, Ed, and to answer your initial question, Anne, about how do you write a grant. In this case, we had to do this collaboration and really get buy-in, and that was really led by Ed in terms of the community um, buy-in. But the real answer to your question is you tell a story. Mm -hmm. Any good grant, there's a lot of technical stuff, there's a lot of numbers, there's a lot of research, but any good grant, as you know, I'm a writer on the other part of my life, and I use storytelling skills that I, from my book writing and grant writing, and um, I make it interesting. I make no more than three major points because if you make seven, they get lost. But the story of this grant was there are two middle towns and one, this is literally a line from the grant, and one doesn't speak to the other. You know, on one hand, you've got a pretty educated, affluent suburban community with high-tech jobs and, and transportation access. And then on the other hand, you have these pockets of poverty that are really quite wrenching, um, lots of... Um, 
lots of racial and ethnic divides, and not so much a, uh, a, a inability to connect to one another is really what it is. And so the, the crux of the grant was finding ways for people to connect to one another and understand each other better. Well, I, I really congratulate you, um, Ed Benia. You've, you've done a great job, and I, like I like to say, continued success. And thank you for being part of this conversation. We appreciate it. Yeah, I want to, you know, thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think we've come a long way. I think we've learned a lot, to Charlie's point. And uh, now that we're successful, we, we celebrate it a little. And we have a lot more work to do. And um, that's the exciting piece. And, um, you know, opportunities like this to talk to the community are great because we're going to need to engage even more people and, and um, get more people to the table, not only, you know, businesses, nonprofit, community leaders, folks from the target population so you know we're going to be talking um sitting down and talk about a launch and kind of an outreach plan to just continue connecting with people so opportunities like this with you are very helpful so thank you thank you very much we appreciate it and and like you said there's work to be done so how do people know about it how you know if i'm in one of those poverty pocket areas it we were just awarded the grant two weeks ago so get to work um, yeah. <laughs> we got a little sleep first. <laughs> yes, right. Um, there will be a website that th through the Middlesex United Way about it. It's called Middletown Works. And then um, there's a lot of materials about what's been done in the states before. If you Google Working Cities Challenge, there's tons of material, but we will have Middletown-specific material up pretty quick. What's your hope, Lisa? They, what's the the difference that you hope to see with this working cities well, grant? The, uh, we, uh, the, uh, the difference, first of all, we already had already a slight shift, right? I already see a slight shift. And that is that the community through this process has become tighter and closer working together. So what clearly one of the, the uh, thoughts behind this whole process was really to see is this community able to really work together, collaborate, and come up with a, vi a vision to make this work and that happened and that was a very worthwhile process not easy but worth it and we all learned about each other and now it has built these stronger collaborations and partnerships so there is already a win and so then now what happens is to see that we're going to just we're going to decrease this level of poverty let me ask you this though so you've got almost a half a million dollars you've got all these people coming together Here's the reporter in me. What keeps this, with all these people in the room, from becoming a money grab? I want this for me. I want this for me. I want you to pay for this. How do you decide who gets what? Well, again, it's the, the money is actually going to just three part-time staff people. And one is an initiative director to keep all the, all the groups together, kind of mission control. One is a community organizer to do the connections, and then one is an employment navigator to work on resumes and interviews and all that stuff. So there isn't any money for direct programs. You know, it's not, um, people can't, individual groups can't come to us. It's more um, a, a connecting device and getting groups to talk to one another that have been completely disparate right. so far. So it's not like that. It's not like a handout. It's a reorientation of the community 
And what we saw when we engaged with the target population was incredible distrust about government, about oh, yeah. this sort of thing. So when we first went to a community meeting, um, people said they, they were nice to us, but they were kind of like, okay, we'll see what happens. When we won it, at, we had a, a kind of a press conference with the head of the Boston Fed. And uh, one of the women said, when I first heard about it, I thought it was just another group of people coming to talk to me, getting their money, taking off. And already it's not, they did everything they said they were going to do. I've already gotten a job. Um, this is going to happen. I have faith in this. And they were extremely distrustful about City Hall, about anything uh, so that smacks really of this. Bridging the gaps, increasing communication, and allowing more opportunities to flow within this community, which is a complete win-win. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, you, you need people that, that can speak to them, that can relate to these people, that can maybe even look like them, right? So was that part of your plan too, is that you're not sending the the banker in the three-piece suit into these neighborhoods saying, hey, we're going to help you find a job? Right. Um, We will endeavor to hire people that represent our target population for some of those staffing uh, positions. We're going to prioritize Spanish speaking. But it also, really, it's to, we do want the banker in the three-piece suit. And we've had them. In fact, a lot of this is actually funded by banks via private banks. Uh, Liberty Bank, for example, has been a big partner. Um, We've had those people, all of those people, the three-piece suit people, the people like me, the target population, pastors. And the beauty of this, and this is kind of what Lisa was referring to, is that there were some real differences. There were a couple hot moments where people really disagreed but everybody has their area of expertise. And so it's not like a vert, you know, we don't want the banker here. Mm-hmm. We, we want the banker and we want the, the person that um, understands the streets. Right, well, you think about the trickle down effect, right? You want the banker because if the person gets the job and makes the money, they're gonna do what? Put their money in the bank. Mm-hmm. I can remember thinking at one of the meetings that I had the uh, privilege to attend, how refreshing it was to sit in a room with such diverse, people who represent different organizations and parts of Middlesex County and really all there not for their a hidden agenda but for the same goal to really work on this on this issue and how we all owned a piece of this and how we could come together that's the beauty of this project so it's it allowed us to do that and now it's kind of like okay now what's next so it's been really exciting i'm very grateful for the united way uh the chamber larry McHugh, jeff uh, puglisi uh, and of course you know ed benilia and charlie uh barber of course and michelle klimzak at the connection played a huge role in this project absolutely and again it's it's in its infancy so it's called middletown works and it's part of the, what you say, the Working Cities Grants? Working Cities Challenge. Okay. So eventually there will be a website and lots of information. But we also like to talk about, if you want other additional details, you can always go to the Connections website at theconnectioninc.org. Why is it every time you're here, Charles Barber, that it seems like we need another half hour because it just flies by, doesn't I know. it? Well, thank you, and, and congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. You can tell that your heart and soul is really into this, so we wish you all the best, and we'll look forward to having you back on to hear about the results and maybe some of the people that are benefiting from this program. That'd be great. That would yeah, be really we'll terrific. do that. We'll definitely do that. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank all of you for listening to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. 
T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 